This time on Chew Diligence, bringing the taste of Northern Thailand to Waldo, courtesy Chef Pam Laberda. I actually changed the, the way I, uh, I cook and the way I want to present myself into the customer. With Waldo Thai. With Waldo Thai. I grew up in the, the household that um, loved to cook and loved to cook a good food. We don't have much, but we always have a good food on the table. And I think I remember every flavor you know, I think I uh, developed the good palate. Daryl Liu on creating a bar program as elevated as the food. Not just because, oh, I'm going to do an Asian-inspired program and then I'm going to use all these ex exotic ingredients, but it actually has to uh, connect back to the food itself. And defying labels. I think we are very lucky. Um, people look at us as a Thai restaurant, but people also look at us as a restaurant. You, you don't get that a lot. We fight so hard um, to be where we are today, and, and we will not back down. We're so excited to have Pam Liberta and Daryl Liu in the podcast studio. Lindsay Shively here with Jill Silva. Hey, Lindsay. How are you? I'm so good. We've just been talking about our eating adventures over the last week, and everybody's got a good story to tell this week. Well, I think yours is the one we need to start with, right? <laughs> you were hanging out with Gordon Ramsay. Super cash, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to bleep him. Uh, yeah, because so he was very generous at this time and gave um, reporters a one-on-one. -on -one. And so the thing I asked him was, settle the score. What's the difference between New York and Kansas City? Uh, what did he say? Yeah. He said, there is no difference. And he, he being funny, too. But, you know, mm. if you put a stamp on the cows, boop, wherever <laughs> it's raised is what it is. <laughs> very, very uh, kind to give us a long interview. But I think it's really cool they have a local executive chef who's gone through the ranks of the company just recently. He was at that same space before and learned the culture and is staying and lives in the Northland and um, also got to put his little spin on one of their menu items. The pork belly has a burnt end style. They give a char to it to try to be an homage to, to Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah. And did we say what casino this was in? This is in Harrah's. Harrah's. Okay. In the Northland. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. They had a meat trolley, mirrors over the steak. Daryl's nodding his head. Have you, have you gotten to check it out? Not yet. Um, it's on my list. Yeah. I, uh, I've been seeing pictures all over the internet. So. Oh, yeah. What is this describe? I don't know what you're talking about. The meat trolley? I don't know what that is. It's like just a, a circle of staged meat, and they all have mirror over each cut, so you can see the marbling and which steak you want to order and the rib cap and all that stuff. Oh, so you're pointing, I want that mm -hmm. one. It's like when the dessert tray comes, but it's meat. Oh my gosh. It's always better when it's meat. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good for sure. Well, Jill, you had delicious eats this week. I, I did. I went um, with Artie Davis, you know, my barbecue bud, and yeah. we went over to the Lunchbox on 9th Street in the West Bottoms. Have you been? No, I've heard of it. So, Tenderloin, you know, well, so Artie went in and he's like, I'm going to order one and we're going to split it. And I'm thinking, <laughs> is that enough? <laughs> and it came out already cut and like half of it was bigger than my head. <laughs> the other half was on his plate. It was huge. It was nicely breaded, uh, nice and crisp, pounded very thin. Boy, they do a lot of business there. Hmm. Um, it was very crowded. I think they have about 12 seats. So anyway, I Instagrammed this and then a chef named Anaram Thompson, who I'm friends with and is from Laos, he uh, happened to say, hey, have you had the Cuban 
And so that's what I'm going to try next time. He said the Cuban's really awesome. Hot tip. Get, getting hot tips. So obviously the chefs are hanging out there. Oh, that's um, that. As well as, you know, all the construction workers from the area and business workers. I ran into a neighbor of mine there huh. who works. I didn't even know he worked down in the bottoms. So Really? Yeah. The lunchbox. The lunchbox. Tiny little place. A uh, lot of character. I love that. Uh, Daryl, you were telling us about a new place you tried? Yes, um, it was literally brought to my attention um, um, from, I read it on, on a magazine. Um, it's a Burmese restaurant in uh, Independence. Uh, it's by Independence Avenue. It's called Sonzea, if, if I get it right. Um, mom and pop, very tiny, um, very simple. Um, even the menu is very simple, but they're doing some really authentic, delicious um, Burmese food. Um, mm. My favorite, a uh, couple of things, a couple of things of my favorites is stuffed tofu um, with this stuff with vegetable in it. Um, very simple, but it's delicious. Uh, samosa, their samosa is probably one of the best I've ever had. Mm. Love samosa. In, in Kansas City. and oh, Really? They're also serving one of their, um, what they call a national, their national um, noodle dish, called mohinga. Um, it's a fish broth, um, noodle soup um, mm. is just phenomenal. Um, very simple, very nice, um, very, very nice couple. And they source most of their products uh, locally as well. On Independence Avenue? Yeah, on um, St. John Avenue. So St. John. Close, close, somewhere around there. You said you could taste the love. I can taste the love, yes. <laughs> I love that. I do. What about you, Pam? Where have you been eating? Well, actually, I'm mostly in the restaurant working. But sure. last night, I went to the fair. <laughs> Yeah, oh. the Y bar, and for the happy hour, and it's really, really good. That's a lovely space too. Yes. What was your favorite dish from last night? There were, there were plates with three tastes on each of them, uh-huh. and I had a favorite. What was yours? Oh, actually, my favorite is the lamb chop. The lamb chop. Yes, okay. and I'm not the I'm not the one that loves to eat lamb, and even I served that in the restaurant back then. I took it off because I'm like, oh, it's not my favorite. Even everybody love it, but I'm saying, well, it's a time. You have to change the menu. So, but last night with that lamb shop, it's really, really good. It was herb crusted. It was really delicious. But my favorite was the mushroom gnocchi. Oh, yeah, that one's good too. Oh, in this broth that was, I had to pick up my bowl and drink it. So that's always a good sign, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It was really awesome. And they do a lot of amazing food there. They've been doing it yeah. for several You work with them a little bit, right? I do. Joe? Yeah. I do. Yes. Yeah. That's why I was there last night. Uh, right, right. I'm following Pam everywhere she goes. <laughs> well, they make their own Or she's own following brats, me. I'm not sure which. But They make their own brats? Right? They make their own brats. Um, Martin Heuser is German um, and comes from a restaurant family that's been in uh, business for hundreds of years. And mm. um, he... He eventually went to Canada and then came to Kansas City um, as the chef at the Westin and has had his own restaurant for the last seven years with his wife, Katrin. Um, but it's not traditional German food in mm. that, you know, it's just Wiener schnitzels. He does have that, but very elegant food. He's just a highly, highly trained chef, has a wonderful palate. So I'm having a great time working with him. That's awesome. I highly recommend the brunch. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Jazz. jazz. Yeah. One of the best in town, for really sure. Fun. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh. It's, my, it's my go-to spot for Thanksgiving. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, um, 
we did do Friendsgiving with friends um, on another day, um, but if, whenever I don't feel like hanging out with people on, on the holidays, <laughs> um, um, I will have a couple friends, and we'll just at the bar at um, at a fair, and um, their meal is is always just so fantastic. And I happen to know um, they are doing Thanksgiving this year too, and have mm-hmm. some reservations left. So, oh wow, yeah, it's one of the. Um, there are places open, but I mean, there's not a lot. On yeah. Thanksgiving, so that's always good to know. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about. We were just discussing. Wait a minute. Do we call it Thai Place Waldo or Waldo Thai Chef Pam? You say Waldo Thai. Yeah, actually, it's Waldo Thai. Yeah. Well, when we, um, well, how to say back then, when I, me and my husband's gonna open the restaurant, and we try to, I want to call it Waldo Thai Kitchen. <laughs> what does my plans with WTK? It's just like that, you know, the word. Yeah. And after that, um, Ted, my husband, he was saying that, you know, we have a lot of customers that know us from Thai place. Can we call that a Wado Thai place? But I'm saying just short it to Wado Thai as like a nickname. It's mm-hmm. like, you sure, know. Sure, sure. Well, like my name, my real name is Orwan, but all my nickname is Pam. Everybody know me as Pam. So I was like, well, even the Waldo Thai place, I want people to know us as our nickname, the Waldo Thai. So it sounds, I think, cooler. <laughs> <laughs> that too. You got to think about the marketing aspect here, right? Yeah. It's also, well, sim- uh, it's a, it carries a symbolic meaning too, um, like a passing of generations. Because um, um, Pam's uh, mother-in-law founded the first Thai place um, back in 1991. On 87th Street, with the name uh, Thai Place and the logo. So, but now we are still keeping the logo, but uh, naming it Waddle Thai. So, it uh, keep the spirit, but passing on the generation um, where the it's like the second generations of the family is um, trying to uh, cultivate the whole new um, uh, Thai scene cuisine in uh, Kansas City. Absolutely. I think a lot of people recognize the Thai place name and the symbol and the beloved Westport location yes. and all of that. Yeah. So your uh, mother-in-law started that. Yes. Sina on 87th Street location. And that's how I met my husband. Really? Yes. Uh, as a customer? Oh, I actually, a server. A server? Back then, yes. Because I was, I was reading that uh, your background, your education was in nursing. Is that yes, right? Yes, I graduated nursing school. What's the transition like? When did you decide, okay? Well, you know, come to America, came to America back then. Thing don't, you know, did not work out the way it's supposed to be. So I, uh, you know, life changed. So I searching to the other job, just what on that opportunity to have that time. So I started working in a Thai restaurant. And uh, he just graduated uh, the chef school. And after that, he's going to open the restaurant in uh, his mother going to open with him in the, I think it's Bruce Bing. That was the first restaurant he got. And back then, I just started working in that restaurant. So he was like, well, why don't you come help me? And that's how it started. And after that, you know, <laughs> more and more, and I just learned how to do everything. Hmm. Did you dine out together or did you always work together? I mean, what, what's this courtship look like? Well, we die out together too, and uh, and they have this thing that you know. The first time he was saying that he told me this. The first time that he saw me pick the 
the prime rib bone and eat with my hand on our date. He's like, I will marry this person. <laughs> You've got to feel great. comfortable eating in front of each other, right? Yeah. Right. And he was like, this is it. This is it. This is the right person for me. That's funny that you say that because I used to judge um, when I was in the dating phase very long ago. It, that I was comfortable with a guy once I could eat all that I wanted to eat and yes. I wasn't trying to pretend <laughs> you pretend that I was eating. Right. right. Yes. And I, I wasn't having to order a salad. You know? Right. <laughs> I could pick up the bone and yes. go for it. Yes. If you can order spaghetti, you're in. Right. If the I think so. Yeah. yeah. And then the same thing. I think I decided the first time that the date was more interesting than what I ordered. <laughs> mm. <laughs> He's special. Right? He, yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, so tell us a little bit of history here, because there's there's generational history. Once you start a restaurant, how do you pass that along? And um, for my mother-in-law, or or just no, yeah, no. yeah. So your mother-in-law started. So yes, the one in 87th Street location, and after that, my husband um, opened one in Bruceping. It's called Taipei's in Bruceping, and after that, we have up to a. Uh, to open one in Westport, and that was, I think it's 2002. And at the same time, my mother-in-law opened another one in 119. And after that, we opened one on 7 and Walnut. It's called Arun Thai Press Grill. I remember that. Place. And after that, yeah. my mother-in-law opened another one. It's a, it's a North, uh, Northland. It's 64th Street in Northland. Oh, yeah, up on the hill. Yes. And after that, I opened a fast casual with my husband. It's called YY Thai Press Express. Oh, wow. So that's 135th in Antioch. But, you know, life, you know, getting it to you with two small children, you know, it just doesn't work out in the way we want it to be. And now we only have this water tie. That must have been difficult, even though there were several of you as a family to manage that many locations. Anyway, that's a lot. One location is a full-time job, obviously. Yes, but I think back then, uh, we really loved that drive. Mm. You know, it's just different time, and you're like, oh. You, and I think a little greedy into that, too. You know, just make it like, oh, yeah, we saw that. And it. I think we make it look easy, too. I don't know how, you know, but it, it was happened that way. Were the menus largely the same, or did you try different? Oh, this with this menu, I actually changed the the way I uh, I cook and the way I want to present myself into the customer with Waldo Thai. With Waldo Thai, yes, I always tell people that it's, we come from the the same same root. It's from the Thai priest root, but I more of the the branch that go out in my way and branch out the new stuff to the world. So I serve. Um, Basically, from the northern style Thai cuisine. Where you grew up. Where I grew up in, in Thailand. So I grew up in a small town in Thailand called Lampang. It was in the mountain, I was saying. So we don't have access to all the fresh seafood and stuff. So most of my item, it will be basically the pork, chicken, or the beef. A beef. So basically, and we got a very good access to our beef here in Kansas City. So <laughs> I take that advantage. But you were telling me the other night that pork is your favorite. Yes, and pork is actually is my favorite. <laughs> I have to just nod. Well, I even named my kid um, a little picky in my firstborn in Thai. The little picky is called Munoi. I even planned to have the restaurant after her name Munoi. But now it was, since people cannot say the word Munoi, and they call her Mumu. 
So that's first her nickname is Mumu. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so when I went, uh, we had the test kitchen. <laughs> the devil have to tell this story. <laughs> so um, I would. I'm usually the one that put all the menu together for her uh, when it comes to... She will write her menu, and then I'll um, format it and then add in my pairings for mm. her. And uh, we did a uh, test kitchen with Jenny Vergara a couple, couple weeks ago. Um, so when we were going through the menu, I was like, this menu needs some some sort of explanation or introductions mm-hmm. on the top. And what I was trying to write... Uh, um, follow Pam, Chef Pam Libadar, um, exploring the journey of Thai food, yada, yada, yada. And then she was like, well, just call it Mumu Night. It was like, it's, uh, because the menu, the menu itself, when we, we go through it, my first thing I was like, Pam, this menu is very pork heavy. Mm. Literally every single, every single course, almost every single course, there's pork in it. She was like, but I was told to, to be myself. So I put pork on everything. I love that. I love it this way. So I was like, well, I mean, it is your menu and you're proud of it. We'll do it. And then she, I, I didn't know she was just joking. She was like, just call it Mumu Night. So I was like, so I was like oh, okay. I put it. It's a Mumu Night. <laughs> it's catching it, on? It is catching on. And then people, was, people apparently people are Googling and researching is trying to find out what is a Mumu Night. Like, is this a thing? Is it's a, a thing, thing? yes. <laughs> ah, it is now. Perfect. It's like, is the moon? It's yeah. like full moon thing? <laughs> oh, it just, did she didn't spell it right or... You know, what that's supposed to mean? Oh, my goodness. But uh, in the restaurant, we are always amazed with what she can do with pork. It's like a very simple uh, very simple piece of meat into her hand when there's pork. It just turns, turns into all this different delicacy that you just like, dang it. And we even <laughs> wanted to, <laughs> it's like we just wanted to like kind of challenge her. It's like, can you do a pork-free dinner one time <laughs> i don't know i don't know if she should though so i was invited to their family night on monday night incredible and i have to say that the ham hock yes. that you cooked was the most meltingly tender piece of meat that i think i've ever had and it has such a different texture than so i've worked with smoked ham hock for like stuffing mixes that is just not a lot of meat to work with. I don't know how you turned that into silk, <laughs> you know, because it was... Because my love. <laughs> yeah. My love of pork. Well, tell us about that. Well, I, I even told them that if you give me the whole pig, I can use every single part of it mm. to make everything out of it. Well, you know, you grew up poor. You don't have much back then. So you work with what you got in front of you. And uh, back then, we don't... Uh, I would say I didn't happen to cook that much because in Thailand, if you, you know, they call it, if you're smart, you have brain, you don't touch anything about cooking. But I grew up in the the household that um, love to cook and love to cook a good food. We don't have much, but we always have a good food on the table. And I think I remember every flavor. You know, I think I uh, developed the good palate for the food, and mostly the time that we only can afford the pork, I will say it's honestly the pork and the chicken. That's how I grew up loving to eat pork, and that's my thing. And I always say that the fat, when the fat popping in my mouth, it tastes so good. It's just how it pops. And they was like, ew, that sounds gross. But I'm saying, no, it's not. You have to really know how to cook it. Yeah. So you can, you know, the pork, the fat, it just melt into your mouth. 
so I was I was sitting with um, Chad Tillman, who's a butcher, uh-huh. and we started talking about the jelly consistency that we love so much. It has just that rich, fatty, uh-huh. jelly-like consistency. It was delicious. So bravo. That Thank is not you. a cut of meat that I would think you could do very much with, yes. <laughs> honestly. Yeah. yeah. You were talking about how growing up in northern Thailand, meat was really expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. It it just reminds me of like the origins a little bit of barbecue here, how you use less, less expensive cuts of meat. You cook it low and slow until it's really tender. Is there any parallel in your cooking to that? Yes. And um, I actually cook a very good with all the trimming, the bad part, all the trimming that people don't use. And I actually we are we don't throw anything away. I can really take everything and make our family meal for our employee and for us to eat. So that was the best part of it. So we can just do it and put all this herb and spice into it. And it takes just the timing, you know, to, and seasoning it right. And it's become a great meal. How long do you cook meat usually like that? Oh, it's up to, I never really time myself. Mm. I always, the, I don't follow the recipe. So I mostly, I will just test and see how it looks and stuff like that. And never let it, yeah. Just by sight and smell and taste and... Yeah, a lot of people ask me that how you, you know, how you become a chef or a cook. I was saying, I love to eat so much and I'm very picky. So I have to make sure that I got it the way I want it. So since no one can do it for me, I will do it myself. Hmm. So that's how I do it. I think also because Asian cuisine in one way is... um, a lot of time recipe are pass on family to family. Um, a lot of time is really hard to just follow one recipe. Um, if you give her a recipe, if you give Pam a recipe, um, she's still going to tweak it to the way she likes it. And um, a lot of time is just based on her experience and um, the way she likes it, the way she cook it. And um, but that's why her food is always so... Um, um, comforting and warming, and a lot of time people was like, "This food reminds me home," and that's how her food has always been, uh, been liked. Even incorporating, we, I was telling her the the last time I went, we had the uh, pumpkin brisket curry with coconut, and it was it was like fall in a dish. And you said the brisket's an homage to to where we are, right? Yes. And that's what how I use the the meat in Kansas City to do that. But I cook my brisket for six and a half hour, mm. so to make it a, a perfect, you know, tenderness fall apart. Yes, and after that, you know, we cook it again in our curry. Ah, so Lindsay, I don't know if you grew up. Did you grow up eating Thai food? Well, you know, one of the places that I ate Thai food was Thai place in Westport. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. So I grew up in Colorado, and. There was, I, I don't think I had any Thai food until I was an adult. So talk a little bit about what we might have been eating and what is true Thai food. Mm-hmm. And Daryl, jump in. I know you are from Malaysia, yes. correct? So where do those all kind of come together and how do they get translated in Kansas City? Because I've had this conversation with a lot of Asian chefs and I've been told that we're not often eating exactly what we think we're eating? Well, I think, first of all, it's about our culture. And they always say this, we are a pleaser to be a Thai. And that's what the land of a smile. 
So you always please people, and we always feed people, and we want to make you happy. And that's, I grew up. That's what I do. That's why we go to the doc, you know, the medical school because we want to please our parents. So is we in our culture the pleaser? It was we do. We just want to make you happy. We want you to make everybody happy, and enjoy it. What you know, you come to our house and and I will feed you the way you will like it. So I think when my mother-in-law started her restaurant um, in 80, 87th Street location, she's saying she tried to um, the, the cook the real food that it's supposed to be. And customers don't know how to eat it. Mm. And since she have the, the language barrier, so she don't know how to explain, you know, all the whole idea of this is supposed to be this way and you can just add and add this. And, you know, if you did not grow up eating that way, you will not know what do you really like or what do you really don't, you know, like and stuff like that. So she's saying she make it the way that already mix it all up. It's just like the regular pad thai. So before, people might not know what is pad thai is. It's just like stir-fry noodle. But in Thailand, we serve that. It's basically very bland. And on the dish will come with the dry chili uh, sugar, peanut, and uh, lamb, uh, and you have to mix it all together as you like. So this is how, but she's saying she tried to do that, and it mm. didn't work out. So People she had not to mix it. No. And even she tried to do, you know, tried to teach, it was hard. So she's like, I make it for you. <laughs> so that was how it started. And I think it's not just her back then when she started. I think it's almost every Thai restaurant um, back then when you want to offer something onto the table to the American palate. So you have to make sure that, you know, you want to please them, and you still want to do your business. So you cannot just, oh, I will stay true to myself. And, you know, it, it's not going to work that way. Okay. So that's how it was changed. But I think until this time, it was time to go back to the root, you know, what what's the real deal? You know, we, we still try slowly. We're not going to just like, I'm going to change the whole thing. I will not do that either because we still have the business to run. And you have pad thai on your menu. For lunch. Only For lunch. lunch. <laughs> yes. I was going to ask, is it wildly popular at lunch? Well, not really. Not really? Not really, because the most popular dish right now in our lunch menu is cow soy. And that was the thing. It's a cow soy noodle. It's a Norton-style curry noodle that I grew up eating, and I mm. love it so much. And it's only in the Norton of the Thailand. And when I went to the college, I could not find that dish until I had to really go to the store that's, you know, sell that dish. Mm. So I did, they don't have it everywhere in Bangkok either. So Wow. So when I came to America, I was just craving that, craving that, craving that. And when every restaurant that had that dish, they don't have the way I want it. So when I have this restaurant, I was like, I will make this dish. It's a thing. <laughs> and later on, people will know the word cow soy, not just pad thai. Oh, I love that. So do you think, sorry, Joel, I was going to say, Waldo Thai has been open, we said a year and a half-ish? A year and three months. Do you think opening this latest iteration were people far more excited and willing to try things they'd never had before versus when your mother-in-law opened? Yes, yes. I think I have advantage of that. And I think, you know, that's what Daryl's saying. He's like, back then, what did you talk about the Pad Thai word? Like it, before, people never know the word Pad Thai. Mm. And now when you say the word Pad Thai, it's not just know you visualize what it looks like, what it tastes like, and you can feel it. So I want it one day they can say that word in Thai and you can go and now, you know, a global, 
you can you can go anywhere or you can go back or not go back. You can go travel to Thailand, and you're like, oh, I say this word, people know exactly what you're talking about. Basically, we are very lucky. Um, we are um, back then, back in 1990s, um, because of the lack of technology or um, advancement uh, when it comes to um, social media and um, internet. So, um, if you, especially if you live in Kansas City, you're being only explored to so much. So, um, to have authentic traditional food, uh, uh, Asian food here is definitely gonna be uh, like a. A culture shock to to many people. So um, the best way to do is is to marry um, the best part of uh, of the Asian cuisine with the local ingredients, and then make people um, uh, much more. It's much, it's easier to acceptable that way. So um, slower and slower, it, it just becomes its own unique um, cuisine scene. But we are in uh, back in last year when we first opened up. Uh, right before we opened up, um, Pam was like throwing out all this idea like she want to change the menu and do this. So it's like, well, this is the right time. With social media, with internet, literally um, a teenager nowadays can literally go go on internet and look up Thailand and look at the food. And then I think people, you can literally look at all those food that you, when you search Thai food and, and you will be questioning, it's like, how come I don't eat any of this when I'm in Kansas City? Um, you people get to start questioning. And when you start putting out more authentic stuff, people, people can actually relate to easily. And there are a lot more platforms for us, um, not only to the, in the restaurant itself, like through podcasts, um, through um, our social media, we're able to educate and share um, our knowledge when it comes to our own food um, to people. And people are very, um, uh, people are actually very excited to know all this and to take it in and, um, and appreciate it the way we appreciate it. They want the story. They want the story, and um, they want they want to know um, why and how, because even for Pam and I, when bef- uh, we have to do a lot of research when it comes to um, the restaurant and the recipe, because we always just take it for granted as well. We don't question because oh, we grew up eating this. That's why. That's how it is. But um, being overseas, and you need to start looking back into the history and see oh. This is why we do this. This is why we do that. These are the herbs available for us. Um, are there any other substitutions we can use here in Kansas City to create the same flavor? You're not able. You're not going to able to create whatever exactly over there because it's different kind of basil, different kind of meat. Mm. But what you can do is embrace what you have locally and create that flavors, the traditional flavors here. And I think that's what. Um, we are trying to do, and um, we are just in a much more lucky um, era where um, people embrace it and given us, given us the chance um, to do all this. Well, Daryl, I think you've also um, taken the bar to a different place than mm. it's been before, too. So talk a little bit about how you pair, and I think that's an important piece of, of Waldo Thai. I can't say that I really know of if I've been in a Thai restaurant before, what kind of cocktail I ordered, but when I when I go to Walda Thai, I remember what I drank because Indeed. you paired it very, very well, and you have a real strategy, a real craftsmanship here. So let's talk about how that is sort of also I think elevating what's going on at Walda Thai food wise. Yes, um, um, it's uh, it's a very exciting um, experience for me and um, opportunity as well. Um, before, um, um, tending bar is just about making great cocktails, um, 
and have fun. And when Pam approached me to do this, uh, to help her with the bar program, I was like, well, first of all, um, if you go to most of the Asian restaurants in Kansas City, unfortunately, you don't, they, people, um, they don't, most people do not bother to have a good bar program. Or maybe there's just lack of help when it comes to it. So um, when I worked with Pam, I was like, well, um, it's going to be a little bit more expensive bar program to begin with. <laughs> we will be using uh, a much premium products um, to begin with. But also um, when you have a food program that is um, so much more elevated um, than previous menu, um, your drink program, your cocktail program will have to do, will have to do the same. So people can see it. So um, we crafted small, small but unique wine and a beer list, um, and then um, we make sure we put a lot more emphasis into cocktails. So when it comes to cocktails, um, what we do is um, we will taste her food and um, we try to incorporate as many uh, ingredients that she use in seasoned, um, and then um, showcase it in our cocktail at the same time. Mm. So this is a first cocktail menu that um, we actually have. To, I have to play with a lot of um, ingredients that I'm so familiar with, but also don't know what to do uh, in a cocktail. It's like, okay, I understand coffee lime leaves. I understand lemongrass. Um, I love Thai chili, tamarind, but um, in cocktails, how am I supposed to showcase it? And not being just not just because oh. I'm gonna do an Asian-inspired program, and then I'm gonna use all these ex exotic ingredients. But it actually has to uh, connect back to the food itself uh, in its way. So uh, it was very challenging to begin with, but I think we finally um, kind of like figure out the way and um, more comfortable with. Uh, I'm much more comfortable with what I'm doing right now. Um, so we start like using durian. Like personally, I love durian. Mm. She That's does the not. stinky fruit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not my thing. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I need to make this into a cocktail. And, hmm. and people will drink it and people will enjoy it. And um, Let's talk about peanut butter. Peanut butter. Because <laughs> that was a revelation to me that uh, at, on Monday yeah. night. On I, I love Penang curry. Mm. Yeah. T talk a little bit about the dish and the drink because that was really awesome. That is um that is fun. Yes, so um I ate peanut curry my whole life. Um I never knew there was peanut in it, um until I came to Kansas City. Then they're like, oh, my friend was like, oh, try this peanut curry. It's so delicious. I was like, oh, it's great. He's like, I was like, what do you call this? Like, this is peanut curry. I was like, oh. I was like, maybe I was wrong my whole life that there was actually peanut butter in it. But um, it's delicious, so we, we always eat it. But it's never a, never give me the same um, textures that I really like until um, Pam uh, was like, oh, I'm going to do a panang curry of beef uh, on the menu, on the Monday dinner menu, which is our uh, private monthly dinner. Um, and she was like, we're not going to put peanut in it. I was like, we are not. She was like, traditionally, we don't put peanut in it. I was like, oh, so I was right the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was like, um, and she, she tried to explain to me how you have to take um, the coconut milk, um, you take the condensed part, the fat, and then you slowly simmer it um, with the red curry paste um, that she made. And then curry paste, yeah. Uh -huh, that she made. And then you put the beef in it, slowly simmer it until the protein breaks down and connect with the 
with the fat of the coconut, and they all just come all come together, and then start creating that uh, nutty Nutty flavors uh, in the curry, and then you just finish up with more spice in it. I was like, and then what tastes was like, oh yeah, this tastes. (laughs) And there it is, right? The texture. Um, the curry, um, the, tux- the textures, the layer of um, um, the curry itself, uh, you can see through it. It is is very different and is very authentic. That was a that was a great moment. Hmm. Um, but also, um, to pair with it, we make a <laughs> <laughs> to pair with it um, to pair with a no peanut um, panang curry beef. Um, we make a. We make a peanut butter cocktail. Oh, I love it! Yeah. yeah so um, it has been it has been a big hit lately. The screwball um, peanut butter whiskey has been a big hit. Peanut butter whiskey. Peanut That's got to calm the, the burn a little bit of the whiskey, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I believe this product started in California, um, but uh, it's a peanut butter flavored whiskey that has been taking over um, Fireball. I was told, <laughs> and I was also telling them at the at the at the dinner on Monday. It was like uh, a lot of time for cocktail bartenders. You was like you was like no, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna use pre, um, like I, anything flavor. I'll do it myself. Mm. But this peanut butter whiskey is actually very delicious. Ooh. So we do. Um, I use a wild turkey, a long branch, um, um, together with um, the peanut butter whiskey, and then we brew our own Thai coffee in it, and then I'll top it up with tonic water. Ah. So it's like a. It's like a. We we serve the drinks when the dinner is almost finished. So it's more like a cal- palate cleanser for for everything, and it was a lot of fun. I hope you like the cocktail. It was so much fun. And (laughs) I just like that sort of, I've I've always liked that, that sort of high-low thing going on, Mm -hmm. you know, like, (laughs) well, this is flavored liquor. I wouldn't normally use this, but it's going to elevate it because I'm going to (laughs) elevate, you know, and playing around and making the food and the drink so interesting and not being snobbish about anything, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, not losing your standards. Absolutely. That makes sense. So, yeah, I love that. Um, on the bar program, talk about uh, just in general, what? how do you introduce people to these new cocktails that maybe they're not very familiar with in terms of ordering at a Thai restaurant? Um, education, you know, um, we are... Uh, hospitality is the biggest is the biggest part when it comes to um, um, uh, restaurant business. So customer service always comes first. Mm. Um, doesn't mean you're always right. And <laughs> always be nice to you first. <laughs> um, especially in a Thai restaurant, uh, people will be looking at our cocktail menu and quite intimidated. But um, we have we train our staff um, to be very friendly and to be very open to um, explaining. You know, um, people are like, oh, what is this. I was like, oh, well, this is this and that. And try to explain the flavor profile and the way we listed our cocktails, which is like, it's from more refreshing, easy and light, to more stiff and um, booze heavy. So people will get to pick like from what they want. Or um, our staff are very good at um, directing customer on what to order first as well. A lot of times, just like, just get this cocktail. You will <laughs> like it. And, uh, which um, she did to me, by the way. And I'm so <laughs> thankful. I have to share the story. I found the picture on my Instagram. Uh, uh, very pregnant Lindsay really wanted Thai food and was just so fed up with mocktails because I had found a few around town, but they were really hard to find. And I don't like sweet, right? And so you asked me, my husband ordered an old-fashioned, which he thought yours was fabulous. Uh, you want anything to drink? I'm like, no, I don't like sweet drinks. You're like, no, I know. I, it's about the way you combine the flavors. Like, you're very insistent. And I said, okay. And it was delightful. It was so good. I had to write it down. 
chrysanthemum tea, soda, lemon, and then I wrote, and other magic, because I forgot what you said. But I, I like uh, dried flowers and fruit on the top of this. Like I felt like I was having a cocktail, which was a wonderful feeling. It is a cocktail. Just it without, is a cocktail. Just without the booze, but um, it's still bringing to the happy level that you're supposed to be at. But you had I you earned my trust with that one, and I have to imagine you have regulars who you've now earned their trust, and now you can make them things, and they'll we take do. it. We do. We, as I said, um, when we first opened, menu was a little bit more simple. It's getting more complicated. Um, but as it goes, um, one thing with uh, one thing with cocktails is that I always endorse um, and embrace um, classic cocktails. That is why on our happy hour menu, we always feature classic cocktails for a couple of reasons. One, uh, for bartenders to practice. Um, and you need to know how to make a good classic cocktails before you can um, try to do a different riff of Foundation, anything. right? Yes. You need to learn how to crawl before you can walk. You, need, you can't just run. So uh, I love when uh, my bartenders are like trying to come up with a very like extravaganza, 13-ingredient cocktails. is great, but can you make an old-fashioned? Mm. Can you make a daiquiri? If you can make those right, then yes, we, we, you know those flavors, simple, easy. Now you're talking about next level, and then we can play with um, craft cocktails. So um, classic cocktail always have a place. It's a big part in my um, cocktail life. Um, but, but moving on from there, um, it's all about balance and flavors. We love when customer was like, um, I don't drink, I don't like sweet. Uh, we, I think that's one thing we got a lot is that um, I don't like sweet drinks. Well, sugar is going to be presented in, in, in a cocktail in, in many ways, but um, it's all about balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, when for, for, for a lot of um, Kansas City, I think we have one of the best cocktail scene in, in, in the Midwest. Um, and I'm very proud and I'm being very honored to be to be able to be part of it. Um, but um, we also we we care. So everything uh, mostly make in house. All the syrup we, we use uh, uh, use real ingredients. There's no mixers involved. So um, when we make a when you make a simple daiquiri, um, we it's just sugar, lime, and uh, and rum. And with the right ratio, you will make a very delicious daiquiri. But a lot of time, people say, "Oh, it's too sweet uh, at most places or frozen." But because because you're not using the right ingredients, so it's all about um, using the right ingredients and um, being proud of what you're serving. And then yes, then you earn customers' trust. From there, they say, "Oh, if they can make a good daiquiri, I will probably let them make me something else. <laughs> Maybe I'll try this um, interesting." Name, uh, name, or whatever cocktails they have at home that they use um, soy sauce or fish sauce in it, um, which is another thing. Is like working in a Thai restaurant um, um, actually opened up more um, the savory elements of, for the uh, for the cocktail for me. Like people that you're looking, for, you're using salt. You you may be using some other things, but but I am able to like oh incorporate fish sauce and whatever in the cocktail and not being um, and it's all about balance. You know, balance in that um, sweet, savory, um, sourness, even spicy, you know, in, in a mm-hmm. cocktail. And um, I was just so grateful, was able to work with Pam and learning with her from her um, and just balance it out, everything in the way it should be. So it seems to me that you guys have a really great working relationship. Talk a little bit about how you met and 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 how you oh. how you work <laughs> together because... <laughs> 
they just laughed and laughed and laughed (laughs) on Monday night. And I was like, these two like each other. We have a very good team in in <laughs> at work. It was <laughs> I knew her years back when um when I first start uh I used to serve at uh Thai Place in Westport um uh, as a part time part time server um she will not talk to me for almost a, a year she will she would just be um because I was not her hire someone else hired me and she was telling James um which is our GM now it's like oh he's your responsibility. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, uh, she's you, like, I'm you, the cool You boss. take him in the restaurant. It's, it's your job to train him, not me. <laughs> it was my first serving job. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I was doing. <laughs> and then um, later, we, we we were more connected, you know. And then she was like, oh, Daryl can help me to do menu. I don't have to pay someone. <laughs> Just kidding. And, it's like, and also she was like, oh, Daryl's from Malaysia. She understands my food. So from there, we got to talk. Um um, uh, um, changing um, experience and, and it was like oh my god I was like this I've never had this for years and then she make it I was like and then she was like oh you know this food I was like yeah I, I even though I'm from Malaysia but the, the food is quite similar in a way um, um, and especially we have in my local hometown we have a northern Thai restaurant that do like mian kam that kind yeah. of stuff and, and it was just like I was like I can't believe I find in Kansas City and um, and since then, especially after opening this restaurant, we uh, we bonded a lot more. Um, um, we just share a lot of um, uh, our personal experience when it comes to food, memory, and also um, it's a love hate relationship. But it's it's, <laughs> all, it's, a, it's it's more like a family tiny. It's a family hmm. thing, and yeah. they really yell at me too. <laughs> I mean, by saying, "In the end, who's the boss?" <laughs> And that ends the conversation, yeah, right? Yeah, the end of the conversation. <laughs> we, it's just because we all take pride of what we are doing. And whenever we see that it doesn't come through, and then we will make sure each other does. And in a, fa- in a very family way. Um, and that, so you're saying squabbles and things? Squabbles, squabbles like little, little, little fights, tiny fights? Uh, yes. yes. A, a lot. lot. Bickering. <laughs> bickering where you just well, nag lot. somebody. Actually, when... I have to bring up the new menu because I change some of the menu every three months. So they was like, it's time for you to take this thing up. I'm saying, no, I still like it. But I'm saying it was too much heavy on one thing or the other thing. They was like, why don't you try to do this? But because they know that I can cook a, something that more exotic. But I say, how can I present it? We and always- they told me this. If you make it, we sell it. So wanna, that's what the trust that they they you know they throw it to me. She 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 has done much better now. When she first opened, um, I would say um, she's leading the restaurant. We believe in her. That's why we work with work for her and work with her. Um, she has a we have a really small but good team and and Waddle Thai. But um, also we have to push her when we when we first opened. It's like she was like um, like the soup om. Yeah, um, it, it's a it's a northern style uh, north isan. Not not east. Northeast style, um, a beef stew um, that uh, is exotic in flavors. I love it. Um, and and she was like, "We, I can, I can never sell it." I was like, "No." And then we literally, we all have to convince her, including servers. It was like, if you put it on the menu, we'll sell it. We sell it. Your job is to put it on the menu. 
Because how often do you find people come in and just ask you, what should I get? I think that's what we did, and you were the reason we got the pumpkin brisket curry that we did. Yeah. And people have it. People were amazed by it. And it was become it become uh, one of our best selling um, 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 item beef stew uh, for for that three months. She she put on the menu, and it was great. And people still ask her, like, "Hey, winter is almost here. Is she gonna put it back on the menu?" Mm. I was like, <laughs> "Well, that was a hint to well, tell me that it's time. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you do it. <laughs> Dropping little hint. Yep. yep. And you're picking up on them. It sounds like." But also because we know she she can do it, she she can do it so well, you know. So um, it's like that's that's how we work as a team. It's like um, we all take care of different aspects of it, and then um, we try to take the most. Uh, that she, she doesn't have to worry about anything, but just 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 make sure that we just want her to be comfortable with um, sticking out the food, and just don't have to worry about whether or not it's gonna sell because it is going to sell. Um, if she is willing to put on the menu. Um, but like she say, one step at a time, one dish at a time. Yeah. Is there a dish that people, uh, like that you try to get them to go for, that if you could tell them right now you have to come in and try this, that they haven't necessarily grasped onto yet? Well, you have to get off the menu. <laughs> Which one? Prick, no more talk. Oh, yeah. No, no, be gone too. No, no, no. The more talk. Yeah. Okay. It was, is. Um, my favorite dish. Well, basically, it's his favorite dish. <laughs> so, what is it? Namprik, explain. Well, namprik is mean the the chili dip. So we have variety of the everything is is like in the north eastern. We call namprik it as gel, and you will say the word gel if you're saying in Thai restaurant. You oh, this is gel. It means some spicy dish. So. The way I grew up, so we call it namprik. So we have different kind of namprik. So basically, sometimes you roasting the pepper, you use dry chili pepper. So everything, the different ingredient of the pepper, we have a different name on it. So we try to introduce that to the Kansas City, you know, scene. Yeah, was scene. And I bring one up. It's called namprik ong. That's what I uh, I grew up eating. It. It's a Norton style uh, namprik, and we dip with the with the fresh vegetable mm. and the chicharron and uh, your fried pork skin, we do that. And uh, right, the second one, yeah. yeah, and the second, and again, pork. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dipping fried pork skin in chili sauce, that sounds amazing. Yes, and that, that was my thing. And it, uh, with the sticky rice, that's okay. what it is. Uh. So, and, and now we introduce the Nampik Noom. Nampik Noom is, I think, if you go to, to Norton, uh, Thailand, so, or even you search the word Nampik Nom, it will come up. So basically, we roasted all the the green chili. So we don't, I could not find those kind of chili that I use in Thailand. So mm. we use the serrano, prabano, and uh, the other one is like a sweet um, pepper, but it's a green, more of like banana pepper thing. Mm, mm. And to get all the mix of the chili to get as close as what I grew up eating. So basically, you have to roast all this. Roast all those ingredients. And then um, peel the skin off. <laughs> they and take and labor two, intensive. Yeah, labor it's like two hours to just peel all this the skin off. And uh, just, if you wow. don't want, if you don't want the spicy, you have to take some of the seed out. So I have to be the one that like, okay, test the pepper first. Which ones to to make it balance? I not just like throw everything in there. So that was a labor intensive. You don't just casually put that on the menu. That's a whole. 
Yeah, so I say he was. I was like, oh, maybe I should come up. Like, oh, but it was it's harder. Mm. And and every time we every time we try to, well, we still have that on the menu. It is still on the menu. It's still on the menu, but we have to really explain mm. because how you know it's come out that way. And it's some people like, some people don't. So it was just the flavor thing that it was. It's hard, you know. You have to like grow up eating, and you have to like the spicy food. To be able to, she did a she did a version of it where um, it comes with a chili dip with all the vegetables, and then she did her marinated fried pork on yeah, the and side. Yeah, and pork again. Yeah, um, <laughs> my specialty with sticky rice, and it was just like, oh my god, this is this is really one of the best thing ever. Um, but but she's very good with it. The chili dip is just it's just amazing in flavors, and it's something that we we talk about this on Monday um, when we were there a little bit. It connects with your memory. You know, it just bring you back to, to your childhood, uh, uh, things that you eat. And it was, I guess that's why it was so special to me personally. And I always make my regulars get it too. They either like it or they don't like it, but at least they try it. I yeah. think that's the process of um, when it comes to ethnic cuisine. I, I, I don't like to say that word. When it comes to our cuisine, um, we you, the reason why there's more than one items on the menu is because one items cannot please everyone. So you're going to have a, several different ones. But, oh, that salmon thing that she has on the menu right now is a must-try. Salmon? The salmon, the nap plat. Okay, it's called nap plat. Nap is mean the, the thing that, well, all the meat, all the spice. So we wrap it in the banana leaf and we grill it to perfection. But this way, we do that with our salmon and with some spice in there. But in Thailand, they actually use it as, what do you call, as uh, a small, teeny, tiny fish. The thing as a bait, what is it? Minnow. Sardine? No, minnow. The minnow. So we actually eat the minnow in Thailand. <laughs> so tiny. we You're tiny, but, but that's what it is. So you grow, so you eat the whole thing. So stuff like that. Or, you know, the, the fish that you caught and you go fishing, you got whatever, so you can chop it whole thing up. But I make it more presentable with the salmon. Mm. and But the flavor is still there. It is so good. It, the, the fish is, is literally just melt in your mouth. It's a dish that um, I feel like, um, like like what we say earlier, is like combining um, ingredients you can get easy access mm-hmm. to here, but with your um, traditional flavor. Um, fish is perfectly cooked, um, and with all those flavors just um, coming through it without taking away the, the original of the fish itself. It's like... Curry could be very heavy sometimes, but with this, it's light, but you're eating curry. But then when you eat a fish, the fish is just you fresh and, and, and delicious. It was like just built in your mouth, and it was just like that. And uh, we were so proud of her when she put it on the menu. But it was just like They always pass my back. <laughs> <laughs> we got the support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also have this uh, hoi tort uh, on the menu, which is amazing, a uh, muscle pancake. Uh, oh. That yeah, pancake. crispy. Yeah. She... So this ah. she she didn't tell any of us when she put it on the menu. I found out when I typed the menu. I was like, "What? You're doing this?" I was, I was like, "Can you pull it off?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, muscle pancake. Yes, yeah. actually, it's called. Uh, well, if you go to Thailand, it, this is real street food. So they have the big, you know, uh, pan and and you just pour this uh, pancake with the muscle in it. And when the time to eat, they just throw a, a scallion and the bean sprout and chop, 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 you know, fry it crispy. And that's how you serve it. And with sriracha salt. And I told him, I have to put some exotic stuff in there. So I don't think people can order it. You know, I can pull it up and turn out 
we sell a lot of those. <laughs> it's, it's, she thought no one's gonna order it, but she, but, she but can. I can do it. I say I can do it. So yeah, people that know, um, you know, they will they will try and they will like it. But I don't think we're gonna sell that much. <laughs> she was just like, don't worry, we'll be able to pull it off. I was like, oh, you have to fry every single one of them. Yes. And the pancake dough is not wheat flour. There are some other, so it's crispy outside. Very chewy inside, mm, mm. and then uh, all the flavor just coming through uh, the scallion, the bean sprout, and then you bite on that muscles. A little bit of sweetness from the sriracha is just all one mm. bite together. A little bit crispy, a little bit chewy in one in one bite. It's just oh, that sounds amazing. It is really good. That's on my list. <laughs> Several things, right? Oh, I might I might have to go there for lunch. Is it right? Oh, that sounds so so good. Let's talk about. Um, you mentioned Daryl. I don't like to say the word ethnic. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that because I, I think that's a difficulty when you're learning in um, cuisine of a new culture, and you're trying to understand it. And like, how do we talk about it with if if, if we're not using certain words? Um, um, act, um, <clears throat> for me, is is just because um, I'm not sure how. I don't want. Um, it's like, oh, this is at, uh, ethnic food. Um, a lot of time, um, people think of ethnic food, they think of um, Asian food uh, or um, certain certain type of cuisine. Italian food is an ethnic food. Um, French food is an ethnic food. But when it will not click in you when you think of it. And as much as I hate to say this, it always associated with um, something a little bit more not elevated or, or, or cheap. It's like, oh, um, um, I'm in Southeast Asia, I'm eating ethnic food, and then um, I'm only paying um, $2 for all this. Or, oh, I'm only, um, which come up to, which feel like, I feel like is, is, is a word that kind of devalue our, what we're doing and um, our culture in a way. Um, it is Thai food. It is Chinese food. It is Indian food. Ethnic food is just a a, a, a term too broad and too general to de- to define and um, uh, certain things. Um, I I don't see it carry a very positive meaning in my opinion in my in my world, which brings it to the thing like a lot of time people a lot of, when we first opened people are like oh you guys are too expensive as an ethnic restaurant mm-hmm. or as a Thai mm-hmm. restaurant. Like, I was like they would be like the Chinese restaurant down the street has six ninety nine lunch combo. I was like, I, we understand that, but we, we also understand that you have to understand that the way we source our ingredients, the way we do our things from scratch, the way we take pride not only of our food but our cultures, our we we care what 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 we make and we care what we put into your mouth, you know. So and all this um, at at sub, um, when you're eating a piece of salmon at Water Thai, it's just like you're eating a piece of salmon in, in the American restaurant. And you, if you can, you probably pay $25 for it. There's no way we can sell it for $8 just because we are an ethnic restaurant. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a word that um, people, I, I think it's just a sub, uh, unconsciously, you, you just use that word. It's like, oh yeah. Um, most, for most people, it don't, if you don't read into it, you don't read into it, it's fine. But I guess, um, especially like, this past uh, year, working in a restaurant and working closely with the food itself that uh, means so much to us, um, culture, um, 
culturally what culture wise um it's like it's like we are trying finally take pride of our own cultures the way we see the way I told Pam was like the the minute um we had a little clause on our menu saying that we don't modify or substitute um not because we are trying to be snobby or we will try to accommodate as much as we want but when the dish um is being modified into a way that it's not even that dish anymore literally we are taking a piece of our pride and toss it into the trash and and um it's just like you are happy but this is not how the food should be taste like we'll be happy to come uh, that you by making you some other things on the menu but but um it uh, we have to take pride of what we are doing if not um when when we start losing the passion ourselves um that's the moment that we start caring and then that's the moment that the restaurant will not sustain we we are just so fortunate that after a year and three months, we're all still so passionate, and uh, our our crew, uh, our regulars, our customers are still very excited to, just to come in and try the things, and and that is the motive that keeps us going. Is there a sense too that using the term ethnic uh, means separate? Yes, mm-hmm. that's a big part too. I think. Yeah. Obviously <laughs> <laughs> It's like yeah, it's um, we. I think we are very lucky. Um, people look at us as a Thai restaurant, but people also look at us as a restaurant. You you don't get that a lot. Um, like um, this year um, with Feast Magazine, we were nominated for um, several category. Um, um, the restaurant was actually nominated as the new uh, one of the new best restaurant. Oh, we were the runner-up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we were the runner-up. But they did not limit us into a Asian restaurant category. Or the Thai restaurant category. Uh, or, or, the Thai, or the Thai restaurant category. And, and we are actually being, being regarded as a restaurant that mm. serves food. Mm. And happen, just happened that we, we are serving Thai food. And that sense of community, that sense of belonging are, um, are not easy to get by for us um some people would just fit in for us we fight so hard um to be where we are today and and we will not back down and as a as a restaurant team as a restaurant business um we are we are not for some people um in our community they may think oh they are a little bit more pretentious for what we are saying is that we just take pride of what we are doing and we're doing it right and people should be proud of us think we are <laughs> what do you think it's Fancy? delicious amazing food. deliciously you proud tried it you have to this has been a fabulous conversation yeah mm, thank I've, you so much for coming in thank you well thank you for, you having, for having, us. having us long list of things i have to come back and try yes, yes. you have to muscle pancake Be- salmon yeah. yeah before i change my menu again <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing that's exciting no that's what i told people that the the curry that you like the well, I can't say the word. <laughs> yes, he said. So, well, gang, faktong. Faktong is mean pumpkin in Thai. And I did not make that word up. You can search it. <laughs> it's it's a right. pumpkin curry. It, it's yeah, delicious. it's a pumpkin curry. Yes. And I only served that three months of the year. So, 
She did not curse. That is a Thai word that means pumpkin. Yes, it's not curse, but it's Thai word that means pumpkin. And it is delicious. And I think the fact that you guys are seasonal, again, puts you in that category Mm -hmm. where you are on the same level as every other um, top dining restaurant in town with top chefs and Mm -hmm. chefs we know their names. And that's (laughs) another thing. Pam, you really burst on the scene. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Really taking the bull and... Well, wrestling uh, it down, yes. girl. <laughs> yeah, it is not that easy, but uh, I try. Well, I have two girls, so I have to be a very good example for them. That they don't need anybody to tell them what to do. If they have ability to do it, do it. And I always um, tell my kid and I tell everybody, because when my kid was young, younger, I will, if they want to do something, I will like, okay, uh, I sign you up. Because I believe genius is not in your gene. Uh, is not born that way. Is about a grid and a hard working, and you can do anything you want. So that's what I try to show them that you can do it. Even your dad do before, but now your mom do it. <laughs> that's right. I was going to say we talked about so much we haven't talked about. Uh, Pam, chef as a woman, did you have you faced any pushback being the head of the kitchen as a woman, or has it been? It's been very, very welcoming in the community. I awesome. was saying because I, I, I. I think it's again because I was a mother and I'm not really look pretentious. I like a real woman, <laughs> the real deal, kind of like, oh, you must cook before, you know, you cook for, for the family. So, and I, I don't really like to call myself as chef, but I always call myself, I, I'm a cook, but uh, it just happened I run the restaurant. We call her mom at work. Yeah, everybody you do. Call her mom. Yeah, yeah, they all, everyone call her mom. At and work. everybody expecting me to be older. And when they're like, huh? That and one one gentleman was like, she's like a girl, the girl with the hat. I was like, um, she's not a girl. <laughs> the girl with the hat. <laughs> the girl with the hat. Yeah. But, but also, don't be fooled by this beauty and friendliness you see today at work. She could be fierce, and <laughs> she lead a very strong kitchen. And um, um, but also, um, we have uh, our sous chef is uh, is is. Caucasian. <laughs> you want to say the word? Our um, um, uh, sous chef Kevin Foster has been with Pam um, for a while. They used to work together at a previous uh, uh, location, um, so he's been he's always very protective. But Pam always um, she's very um, she has very good mind, and um, she's always very calm. Like on a Saturday night, I may be yelling at people, mm. and she's she's able to come around and mend the whole thing. And um, make it happen, and in a very calm way. And um, we value her a lot in that way, that she's always so calm. And so, um, so our team um, uh, have a lot of respect to her, and we are very protective at the same time um, when it comes to her. So, um, working wise, we we make sure um, she's able to get to where she is, and we understand female chef is not easy, especially a uh, Asian female chef that is um, leading her first restaurant team in Kansas City in Waddle. Um, but I think um, she's doing great and um, she has our all of our full support and I think Comedy will see through that. And I was reading too that you uh, cooked at Cerner? Yes. And I actually, when we closed the restaurant in Westport, so the executive chef at Cerner Innovation, well actually he asked me that they can open the the new idea. So they have a very big, big kitchen 
and he wants someone to lead um, one of the station. It's called Pangea, so international station. So he uh, approached me, and I uh, go work. It's for the company kitchen that run that. So, so from a lot the, of people, a lot of people. <laughs> I serve about five hundred people lunch in one and a half hour. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> you know how to handle the dinner rush then. <laughs> yes. But well, I was like, well, keep smiling. Keep smiling. <laughs> You're always smiling. Yes. That's my thing. That's my thing. <laughs> that's a great thing. Yeah, that's a great thing. Yeah. yeah. You have to laugh it through. That's what she said. <laughs> good or bad at the end of the day, yeah, you just have to laugh it through. And then um, it's just going to be always going to be another day. And then, yep. Restaurant business. Can I ask, <laughs> why Waldo? Well, I, I live in the area. Okay. So in, a, you know, I live like three to five minutes from there. So, and my kids go to a Camille Lafayette, so it's not far. So, and everything we do is in that, the same area. So it's that, your neighborhood. Per, yes. Perfect. Perfect spot for us. Love that. Yeah, they, they love it there. Um, when they first say they're going to reopen, I was like, in Waldo? But then uh, after a year working there, I gained to love it. And I think it's a perfect addition to, to Waddle, uh, one in Waddle area. Um, um, not only the neighborhood is lovely, people are great. Um, we also, also I think, uh, for what we're trying to do, um, if we are not in a street mall, we're not in a shopping mall. So it's not like people just walk by, oh, there's a restaurant, we're going to go eat there. Um, people actually have to drive out there and mm. eat. And I feel like people that walk through our doors or patrons that walk through our doors do keep a little bit uh, a little bit more open-minded, um, a little bit more open-minded and willing to uh, try and willing to let us uh, walk through them uh, to have a great um, experience, experience in our restaurants. That's true. They've sought you out if they're walking through your door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, don't... And this is why um, I, I, okay, so I took pad thai off the menu, the dinner menu. I just took it off and I did not tell anyone to, and I deleted. There was like, there was no pad thai coming in that day. And I was like, yeah, I took it off. I was like, wow, how? <laughs> I was like, well, I print the menu remote. Um, and since then, <laughs> um, since then, um, she put it back on. And then finally, when we launched the spring menu, she came up, not she came up, she decided to put her version of Pad Thai on, on, on the menu. It's called the Gutiel Pad. So it's very similar. So that's what the, the Pad Thai, original Pad Thai is. So in Thailand, it was a little brown, just golden brown, and you can just add anything yourself. So Gutiel is a word that everyone can say. I don't understand why people think they can't. Gutiel um, is widely used in Southeast Asia. When it refers to the medium-sized rice noodle, um, we always, in Malaysia, we call it Gutiel soup. If you go to Singapore, you say cha kui tiao. It means uh, it just means um, um, kui tiao stir noodle, fry, yeah. rice noodle stir fry. So it's a very common word. So when it comes to pad thai, the full name should be kui tiao pad thai. Mm. Pad means stir fry. So it's kui tiao pad means um, uh, stir fry noodles. Rice, yeah. Thai way. So kui tiao pad thai. But people just take the kui tiao off and keep the pad thai, which really makes no sense mm. uh, in Thai in Thai, in thai meaning. Uh, language. Yeah. So she was like, I'm going to do the version that I eat. So it's called kui tiao pad. Very similar to pad thai, but much more savory, um, makes more sense, um, and it's delicious. And it's, uh, she chopped the minced chicken in it and then add some shrimp to it. And the next thing you squeeze a little lime on it, it it's just simple. If you want something simple and delicious, kui tiao pad will be... Will be will be the things to go, but she has a lot more of the fun stuff on the menu that is delicious, 
and and I think people just love it, which is another reason why um, we put all the Thai name uh, for yes. our cuisine. Um, it's just if we figure if people can say Pad Thai, they can always learn to say something else like Khao Soi. Um, um, yeah, I will make Khao Soi to become the word. Yeah. <laughs> That's the word. Because we don't, we don't, we don't go to a Mexican restaurant and people say um, minced chicken in a hard um, flour shell, or uh, <laughs> or um, spaghetti is a spaghetti. Um, you know, fettuccine alfredo is fettuccine mm-hmm. alfredo. I'm not sure whether there's the, you know, like you go to Italian restaurant is is it's in Italian, French restaurant is in French. That's for us, it makes sense that if you go to a Thai restaurant, the dishes is going to be in Thai. In Thai. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. people are receptive? People are. People think it's fun. Um, we always find, um, it's always fun to walk them through how to say it. Mm. And they'll come back and they will be like so proud. And it's like, I'm <laughs> going to be ordering the guy taught something. And they're just like, oh, I can say it now. And um, it's just a little bit fun, a little bit fun interaction with the customer as well um, that we put out. And um, I think people really appreciate that. Do you have your words, Lindsay? Are you ready? Will you say that other one again before Pad Thai? Let's Gui, practice. Gui Tiao? Gui Tiao. Gui Tiao. Gui Tiao, uh, yeah. Gui Tiao Pad. Gui Tiao. Gui Tiao Pad. Gui Tiao There you go. Yeah, you got it. Gui Tiao. Gui Tiao Pad. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very hungry. <laughs> Me too. I mean. We cannot go back to the restaurant. Now. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> You're going to go back to it. Part two. <laughs> thank you guys very much for thank coming very much. today. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you. It's been lovely.